Hi, I'm Patty. I'm Kim Michelle. And I'm Jill. Welcome to our podcast. It's a great day to talk. Because honestly, what day isn't a great day to talk? So join us in our conversation. A great day to talk is brought to you by St. George Design. Offering complete website design, social media management, search engine optimization, Google and Facebook ad management, and many other digital and print marketing services. StGeorgeDesign.com And by Richardson Brothers Custom Homes, third generation builders who have been building custom homes in southern Utah for over 25 years. They will take your dream home from concept to completion. Contact RichardsonBrothers.com Hello. Oh my goodness. I was just, I I am the worst. I was trying to find the Facebook on my phone so I could see it live if questions come up, but you've got that handled. I do. So why do I care? Throw the phone away. All is well. We're done. Welcome to our show. Uh, you know, we're a little, I'm a little off today. I have to say not having Jill here. We, um, have our meeting beforehand every week and we just called Jill and didn't get to see her. So I'm so happy to see her. And she is Skyping in today from Harpswell, Maine, and we're jealous, but we're going to still be her friend. So, because we love her. We can't we help We do it. love her, and she has a lot of great things to talk we about We thought today. about it. We were like, she's out, but we can't. Yeah. We really can't because yeah. we love her so much. I know. Yeah. It's hard. I love and miss you guys. It's so bizarre to not be there with you doing this. Yeah. But I'm but not. It, I'm here sitting out, the, looking out the window at the ocean. So if I keep turning, it's because I'm yeah. like, squirrel. Oh, it's the ocean. Sorry. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. But um, for those of you joining us live today on Facebook, um, thank you for uh, tuning in. And today we're going to be talking about Fanny Flagg's book, A Whole, The Whole Town's Talking. And if you didn't read it, we probably won't ruin it for you. But if you read it, hopefully you can relate. And please uh, comment below on Facebook. Uh -huh. And Miss um, Kim Michelle will be reading those comments and and um, we'll be discussing what you guys have to say about the themes and characters. And we're just happy Jill's here to tune in as well. I'm Patty. I'm here with my friend Kim Michelle. And Jill is Skyping in, and you should be able to see her as well. So thank you for being Hi, here. Hey, Miss Jill. I see you guys. Uh, Jill, you are going to kind of give us an overview of the book today. Yes. So um, this, again, like you mentioned, Patty, is a book called The Whole Town's Talking by Fanny um, Flagg. We know her as the author of Fried Green Tomatoes. And um, this book is about, it, it spans generations. And it starts in the late 1800s. Main character is Lorder Nordstrom, who is from Sweden. And he has come and with a couple of friends established a community that is later named um, Elmwood Springs in Missouri. And it is a story of how they developed the town. It's a story about the tradition, about the community, about how the town grows. And it takes the reader through generations as they, you know, live and die and progress 
all the way to the year 2020, when by 2020, there's no one left in the town. So we no get to one see left, or just no other, no none of the originals. None of the generations, yeah, yeah none the generation. of the generations mm-hmm. are left. Plus, um, the end, you know, the community as it was in the beginning is no longer recognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like everywhere else, there's expansion and growth mm-hmm. and movement, and that small town feeling has completely changed into something else. So we get to take that journey, starting from the very origin of this community by the Swedish immigrants that started it. Yeah, Yeah, they called it Swede Town Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And um, because the people that were originally there were from Sweden. And Patty, you know Sweden. You lived there for a year. I do have an affinity towards Sweden. So I wasn't mad when I started reading this book and it was, I'm like, oh, this is great. I, I love Sweden. Yeah. I want you to take us there. And tour guide us one day. Yes, yes, I yes. I, I want You're to too. It. Uh, it, in June, seven years ago, I was in Sweden, and so my Facebook feed all of June kept popping up. Here you were seven years ago, and here you were, and I was like, Mwah. we should live stream that right now. Yeah. Where you were seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was such a great experience. I was there in 1986 and 87. Graduated high school over in Yetebori or Gothenburg, Sweden. Second largest. You know largest. that wasn't seven years ago, right? No, that wasn't seven okay, years just, ago. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, eighty-seven <laughs> was like thirty-four years ago. That's when I graduated from high school. How could that be if I'm only thirty-four? Exactly. Um, and then I went back a couple of years later and visited again, and I hadn't been back in 20-something years and um, got to go back seven years ago, and I went to Finland and Estonia and um, then Stockholm and then Gothenburg and then over to Denmark. And um, anyway, it was a wonderful trip. I was gone for two weeks. I have a lot of separation anxiety, and my daughter broke her ankle while I was gone, which made me feel bad for her. But um, it was a great experience, and I love Sweden. So I was happy that this was uh, talking about that town because I have such a little, like probably like you do with Maine. Yes. Yep. Feel, it makes you feel like you're going back to your roots, even mm-hmm. though. <laughs> yeah. They. I'm. I'm here in my roots, and I think this yeah. book also lends itself to how St. George used to be and how it is today. I think we've all experienced this growth. Right. Um, yeah. For sure. One of the things about this book, and I guess we just jumped into talking about it, you know, um, did I lose you? No, we're here. Oh, there you are. Oh, suddenly my screen changed. Okay. I'm there. Um, this book, you know, in the very beginning, you know, the very first generations, like I said, Lord or Nordstrom, um, creates this community and he and his, his friends help him with that. He buy, he gets this big tract of land and, and as time is starting to progress, they, he realizes they need more people there. So what I found interesting was that they put an ad in a newspaper to recruit for people to come to live in their community. And they, you know, ask for hard workers that want to come and build this community. Um, wish I could like get to it quickly, but that, that ad was really interesting. And I imagine that was something that occurred probably regularly back in Mm -hmm. the day as people were moving across the great 
you know, vast country that we have here. Um, so anyway, reading about the people of this community, the founders of this community, you get to know them really well in the beginning. And then we move into generations. Um, so tell me, what did you guys think of Lorder and particularly the looking for a wife of Lorder? I loved this whole section of the book. I really did. Um, so usually Scott, my husband always teases me because usually my book of choice, um, if someone isn't murdered or dead within the first like mm, five or six pages, then it's history to me. And the next I'm picking up the next book. So this kind of a, a warm, fuzzy kind of book that you just fall into. That is just a slice of Americana, which is what I feel like this book represents. And there's a few other books like Cold Sassy Tree. I love Cold Sassy Tree for that exact same kind of reason. Um, Doesn't necessarily, uh, it, it isn't necessarily what I would pick off of the shelf. That's why I love these kinds of opportunities to pick books that you wouldn't normally gravitate to because they give you a whole new experience that you would have otherwise missed out on. Mm -hmm. And so when I started reading this book and listening to it, um, so I never really just listen or uh, oftentimes I'll just read, but this one I chose to read and listen to, which if you didn't listen to it, there's a beautiful... When you listen to it, there's a whole other atmosphere that's created, especially in this first section of the book um, that I just found totally engaging. And I just fell in love with this whole community. I fell in love with all of these women who were committed to Lorder finding Mm -hmm. a spouse and encouraging him around what he should write about and what he should not write about what he should say and what he should not disclose uh, in order for him to attract his perfect spouse. And everything that they were saying for him to include was really based on they loved him. Right. They loved him Mm -hmm. and wanted him to be able to attract a partner that they felt would be worthy and deserving of him and provide him with a lifelong partner. That's what they wanted for him. And so everything that they encouraged him to include, even though they didn't say it, oh, honey, you know, you, they were pretty adamant about how they spoke to him. Right. The women, the women neighbors helped him. Neighbors. Mm-hmm. They were pretty, oh, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You and know. didn't they cut his hair? Didn't they? Oh, when they yeah. took his picture, when like, they took oh, his picture, we're oh, going to no, need you, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And he had to get a suit and mm-hmm. he did not wear anything but the working man yeah clothes. exactly but they understood that there that this was important um right. and i loved that communal kind of atmosphere that existed in the beginning of uh of this of the book when there when you really had to you you were up mm-hmm. against the elements you were up against nature you you really got to rely on one another to be able to survive right well and they did that through like their town actually survived the depression more than others because they had that um 
the whole town's best interest. Yeah. So, right. okay, I'm going to do, he owned it Nord Earth, you know, Lord or Nordstrom owned the uh, dairy farm. And so he made sure everyone still had milk or cheese. And then somebody else made sure they had the vegetables. And it was such a give and take and that sense of community, yeah. which we, we talked about in one of our episodes um, a few times ago about, you know, how well do you know your neighbor? Yeah. And it, that conversation, our episode was inspired by the beginning of this book and, yeah. Yeah. and how the neighbors took care of each other. So I loved I, that part. And he, he actually placed a mail order bride yeah, ad so. for in Chicago. Let's for read a it. Mail order it. bride. Here's and she ad. does the this same, just, right? In response, she's yep. trying to figure out how to mm. respond in a way that will be most appealing to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So yeah. she says, Swedish man of 37 years looking for Swedish lady for <laughs> marriage. I have a house and cows. <laughs> or Nordstrom, Swedetown, Missouri. She replies with, Dear Sir, a 24-year-old Swedish lady of Lutheran faith with skills of cooking, sewing, and gardening, and a good nature is answering your advertisement. Enclosed is my photograph. If you are so inclined and not already taken, please send your photograph. Sincerely, Katrina Olson. Mm-hmm. Can you even imagine? Well, and think about it. First off, it's the 1800s. So everything's hard. Right. And right. Uh, they're immigrants. So how yeah. how hard was it for them to get here? Mm -hmm. And they left family behind. As she, we know she left her brother and her mom. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason she left them behind was so that she could make enough money to send back because yep. they were in poverty. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Was Did had her dad passed away? I can't remember why. Passed away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And mom was working as a maid, a baker. Oh, baker. Okay. Pastries. Her mom was yes. this amazing pastry. Yes. Lady. Right. Which and gets passed down and passed down. Yep. Even through the baker. In um, this new community. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. The pastries in Sweden are part of the reason that I walked off the airplane and my friends didn't recognize me because <laughs> 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 I had. I ate a lot. You got to move. I love yeah, that I was that. fun. That was fun. Um, so, so yeah, that, that was a hard time moving here. I can't imagine 23 years old leaving your country. Did she mm -hmm. speak a lot of English? I mean, I know people in Sweden speak English today. It's the first language, the first second language they learn um, in, in kindergarten. So, but did they in the 1800s? And they didn't mention that in the book. So there didn't seem to be a Swedish language barrier in that right. area. So they didn't talk about that. But I wonder if that was a thing as well. Mm -hmm. And she was, she was the maid where she was. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. She uh -huh. yeah. Maid her, her cousin or somebody that she met. Yeah. When she got there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting, but, but their love affair. I mean, the letters that he writes back to her are just delightful. Their conversations between each other as they're courting via the Pony Express were <laughs> just delightful. And, you know, I found myself, uh, you know, really cheering them on along with the women of the town, yeah. cheering this potential relationship on. And when she agrees to come and then when it all plays out, 
their vulnerability when they meet each other for the first time at the train station. He has a, a flower on his lapel. The two women um, come with him, two women from the town. Because, because that would be appropriate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yep. They cannot be, you know, alone in each other's company. And she ends up staying um, at the home of the Swensons while they're courting and going through that official process. And it was just that part was delightful. And, then, you know, getting to know the community, getting to know the well, it was a small community, but. That early section of the book, like you said, Kim Michelle, the 1900s, that first section was sweet and just really drew me in. Yeah, I didn't want that to end. I didn't either. And even when they, they're so conscientious of each other, right? He doesn't want her to feel like she is bound to go through with it once Mm -hmm. they meet, if she doesn't feel like it's right for her. And she doesn't want the same thing for him. She doesn't want him to feel like he has to be committed to it just because he's made the arrangements for her to come out there, you know? Um, Yeah. Well, and even to a fault where they don't talk about any of maybe their imperfections Mm -hmm. that they see. And, and it was interesting how in the book in the early 1900s, it was, um, why was she shamed for wearing glasses? Why was that yeah. her eyesight? Well, her, that yeah. was really interesting. The fact that she was afraid that he would turn her away yeah. because mm-hmm. she did not have perfect eyesight. She had right. um, gotten sick when she was young and had lost her eyesight. Was it the mumps or something like that? Mm-hmm. And she, it took her a couple of months to get her vision back. He was nervous that she was not going to like him because he wasn't, articulate. Yeah. You know, very plainly spoken. Mm -hmm. And he was afraid that she was going to think less of him. And so they both had their insecurities about these. I mean, we look at them now and they, they're, they seem simple enough issues back then. That probably was a really Mm -hmm. big thing. Maybe. I don't know. Here's the lesson I think is that for them, they were big things, right? Even her friend says, no, no, don't tell him about your frailty. Don't tell him that you have glasses. glasses. And um, so for them in that time period, it was probably a big deal. But how often, even in this day, do we hide those things from people thinking that that judgment may be how they determine whether or not we're going to be worthy of being in relationship with or not. When in actuality, this is teaching us in so many ways that what really precludes that relationship is when we try to hide that. And if we just were open and honest about here's who I am in my, as my authentic and real self, Mm -hmm. there is more likelihood that we'll be accepted and loved and embraced in that space. And I think, I think friends or people who can share, this is who I am. I have, I have a better relationship with like, it's easier for me to be a friend to someone who is authentic because I know where I'm at with them and I know what the thing is. Mm-hmm. But if it's hiding and I'm like, and they're being perfect and then I have to 
then I have to pretend to be perfect. I don't want to pretend. I want yeah. you be you and let me be me and we'll just love each other for who that is and respect each other's yeah. differences. And then we can just relax a little bit. But if I have to keep up the facade because someone else is keeping up the facade, mm-hmm. I don't, that's not a relationship to me. Absolutely. Yep. And she, and we did a show, I don't know how many, I should know the episodes, but when we're talking about the voices in our oh, head. Oh yeah, that was our, head. F- I think first. Yeah. One. And, Number one. And that's what part of what's going on here because part of what she's making up a story that he doesn't like her because he's not talking to her. Right. That's the story she's making up in her head mm-hmm. is that he doesn't like her because he's not talking to her. The truth is that he's not talking to her because he do- he doesn't have confidence. He lacks confidence in his ability to articulate in a conversation. Right. It has nothing to do with her. In fact, it, if anything, it has to do with his wanting to impress her and feeling like he's not enough to be able to do that. And so it isn't until they have this very honest conversation where she's willing to bring it to the forefront and say, Mm -hmm. do you not like me? And he's like, what are you talking about? Because clearly he does, he is smitten. Mm -hmm. Um, And she says, because you don't talk to me. And he's honest enough to finally say, because I'm not very articulate. And she's like, I don't care. Talk, yeah. say anything mm-hmm. to me. I don't care, you know, that um, that things really blossom in their relationship. And then when they get married and the, the pig comes in oh, and you can their see there's night. just going to be this joyfulness in their oh, relationship. Right. Oh, it's just so, I just, I just they love sit there and it laugh. all. Love it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we're all three big fans of the beginning yeah. portion of the book. Yeah. That's part of the book that I loved the yeah. most. So if we go to, you know, what did we love and what did we not love as much? What I loved was the whole first part of this book. Loved Establishing it all. Yeah, loved it all. First. Yeah. I would say that I even liked it. I liked the 1900s. I liked the 1920s. And then um, we hit the 30s and then into the 40s. And it starts to shift a little bit in that we don't really spend as much time with the characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I loved getting to know the the next generation. I mean, we, we have, um, Beatrice that comes and marries Beatrice is Katrina's sister who comes from Sweden. She marries Ander who is, um, Norder's or Lorder, not Norder, Lorder's nephew. And they take over the dairy and then they have Jean then, you know, around that time, we start to feel this kind of shift between how much time is spent in, you know, discussion about you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, we learned a lot about Katrina. And I get that they are maybe the foundation for the generations that are in the rest of the book. And so mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time learning about them. But I did miss out on learning more. In fact, I had to kind of go back and forth to just double check that I'm yeah, getting my genealogy, genealogy here. Yeah. yeah. I could have definitely used a 
sheet of Jenny. I could have called my dad and I, I said, Dad, I would you tree. diagram out this genealogy yeah. for me? Because mm -hmm. I'm a little confused. Yeah, I needed a gen genogram for sure. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's talk about um, Elner. I love it. Oh my gosh, one of my favorite characters for sure, because she is totally a character. There's no doubt about that. And she is who she is. Yep, she comes in the next generation. Mm -hmm. She's from the Swensons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Swensons are original founders of the community. Um, Elner and Ida are the daughters. And well, they're not of the Swensons, they're of the Knots. Oh. They're of the Knots. Yeah. So the Knot. Not a Swenson. Not have these two. And Elnor at that point, like, really stills the show for me. Mm hmm. The, After the book, I think, kind of, I think she's what kind of holds the community together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for those well, of you who, um, if you haven't read the book, it's totally fine. You may want to at some time in the future if you haven't. But it also talks about um, the cemetery, Still Meadows, that has been... Um, created as part of the community by lorder himself by lorder who was the mayor at created as the mayor and then as people pass they go into still meadows and when you pass then you can hear as you die up into the cemetery you can now hear and you can talk amongst yourself and see mm -hmm. and see you can yeah you can tell what's going on you can't necessarily communicate to the living that are still in elwood springs but you see those two communities kind mm -hmm. of existing simultaneously and yet separately mm -hmm. but still connected so there you go yeah that's a great way to put it yeah because the a community still exists in the cemetery. Yeah, and yeah. I love that about the book, right? I still mm -hmm. got to follow the characters that I loved, and I loved the fact that even when, you know, if Scott and I aren't in this community together, that he doesn't get to go and not find me in that community up there. Right. right. Hi, honey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, you know, I love that part of it, that we're going to still yeah. be up there talking mm -hmm. and communicating with each other. And that's part of the conversation we had about the hereafter or the afterlife about, will you be, is that how you define that space for you, that you're with the people that you love and care about and they're with you and whatever that looks like. And mm -hmm. that is kind of how it is defined here for well, a certain period of time. And they were just so excited when someone joined them mm -hmm. too. Well, and some, most of them were. Yeah, most of them were excited. <laughs> and also they, um, if they had passed away, they still didn't know about what's going on yeah. in the town. And so when someone would come and bring them news of the community. Yeah. And so that's how they would get their news of what's happening. And yeah, it was almost like who's going to die next and come up here and tell us all right. of the uh -huh. juicy gossip yeah. that's going on down there. One of the things that I really loved is how even in the afterlife, that's some of the big themes for me in the book are continued into that. Like you guys mentioned, community was one. So they've passed. They're still together in this community set, you know, setting um, tradition. 
those mm-hmm. that had passed were still watching and um, encouraging from their space, wherever they, you know, how they could, encouraging the traditions of the town and family. Like you said, mm-hmm. they were so excited that someone came to join them. Yeah. They were also so excited watching as things were taking place with their families and um, the love that they had for people was the very same. And I think they got to, you know, have the bigger picture of what was going on with different individuals. And so they were very loving and encouraging from their spot in uh, the cemetery. And I, you know, I loved that part, that connection wasn't Mm -hmm. gone because they had passed. That's part of my you know, my belief structures that we still have that. And so that was very lovely to me. And I loved when they're talking about when people come to the cemetery, right? That they could sense that and they knew that and they knew people were there and they celebrated that along with the people that were there and that they brought their picnic baskets and they brought their little ones and they brought all of that you know yeah. and, and talk to, and talk to their loved yeah, ones and that talk passed to them, on yeah you talk know, to them and I know you're in Maine Jill and I know that that is a special place for you right now and yeah my heart's with you and you. I just want you to know that thank you yeah, yeah. thank you so much mm-hmm. yeah because it's, it's real I know that I know that so I thought that was beautiful, you know, and um, even if it's just in a book, what if? I mean, how could it possibly hurt to believe that's true and then Mm -hmm. show up in that space? How could that possibly hurt? It doesn't. No, never. Nope. Yeah. One of the things that I do love here, and I will love next week is when we're in Franklin and we say another goodbye to my friend Katie Yeah, being in the family cemetery and you know, a little, a little bit of her will be buried there with her family and her ancestors. And I really just truly believe that they, you know, they're all buried there and it's, I I imagine in my head, and I know that's probably part of why I really connected to this book so much is that, you know, what I find here in Maine is that people, communities, their villages here, they're small, and they actually call them village, the village of, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. the town of, and, and Franklin, where we'll go next, where we'll leave for the majority of our trip is just that kind of place. The, the caretaking of each other. You go to the cemetery and it's generation after generation after generation. You know, we don't really see that now. Um, but it's, it's going to be a lovely experience going there next week, just because I know I'll feel a connection and a kinship to grandma Sue who's there and to Mm -hmm. Katie who's there and we'll be there, you know? So I really love that part of this book. Mm -hmm. I did too. Yeah. And one of the things that was really kind of tough for me as the book started to progress was that it 
there was sudden, there was not suddenly, but as generations moved on, there was kind of this disconnect mm-hmm. yep. where town, the town just wasn't the same. People became busy in different ways. You know, um, the town started to expand. People started to move out of the center of town and the farm suddenly became close whereas the farms had been far out before uh-huh. and this kind of progression that we see now in our own communities and the way they, I, the author spent less time on it in my head. I just, I, I just felt that it was an analogy to how life is now. We don't see very many communities that are small and tight and still caretaking of each other in a, in a way that happened in the beginning of the book or in small towns, you know, I grew up spending my summers in Heber where my dad was born and raised and it was just a teeny town just like this. Yeah. And now it's unrecognizable, you know? Well, and that's, I grew up here in St. George, the same thing. And, um, not only do the, you don't know your neighbors as well, like we talked about a few episodes ago, but also certain traditions are gone. Yeah. And that's, and I think that that's part of why as the book kind of moves forward, those last decades go much more quickly. I feel it's such a, um, it's so symbolic of how our lives are is that we are moving so much more quickly. Um, we go to a big box store, we get everything in one place. Whereas, you know, in the yeah. past you store and you talk with your neighbors and, you know, we just have different things, progression and progress. And it comes with, gains and losses. And I think that feel of, uh, what we felt in the beginning, couple of decades in the reading of the book, I think that's what's missing. And it shows that in the book and it shows, it's just to me, so analogous of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to suggest that, um, the author knows that, I believe it's intention, intentional because I think she is a um, she's a great enough writer mm-hmm. that there is, especially based on the beginning of this book, mm-hmm. where she intentionally creates a space for you to fall into this loving, um, warm space at the beginning of this book, and then it goes so fast and there's so many things happening and there's so many changes happening that we don't feel the same connection that we felt at the beginning of the book. I'm going to suggest, and I don't know that it's true, but I'm going to suggest that the author knows that that's what she's doing to send the very clear message to us that it doesn't have to look that way, even though that is what's happening in the world around us, that we can create the same kind of feel of community, even Mm -hmm. though everything else is changing at that rate of speed around us, because we cannot control that. We cannot control the expansion of our geographical space. We can, we, there's those kinds of things that are outside of our ability to control. However, 
our ability to stay connected and to control and our ability to create relationship and, and our ability to yes, traditions yes mm -hmm. and to hold on to traditions and yeah. all of those kinds of things those are things that we can choose into it's just a question of whether we will or not it's the same question to katrina will you disclose that you wear glasses it's the same question to uh lord to um lydia elner no Lorder. to lorder you know will you will you be silent and quiet because you're unsure of yourself or will you speak even though you're unsure of yourself mm -hmm. i right. think I think she intentionally does that for us to say, which of these two spaces do you feel more, um, which is more gratifying? Yes. And which do you want to be a part of? And I'm going to suggest it's the latter. So right. if it is the latter, then of the things I can't control, what can I control? And of the things I can control, then how do I choose to show up in that space? Wow. I Maybe. am 100% on, mm -hmm. <laughs> no, on board with that because it's clearly um, very noticeable. And like I said, as I read the book, that's, I, I thought that over and over to myself as I was moving through, um, through the decades. And well, and it's, I, I agree with you. And, and one of the things that they talk about was how the cemetery used to be so well taken care of yeah. and right. how that, that was such a priority and all of the people that it was a priority for have now died. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that nostalgic priority for those younger kids. They didn't get it. And it's not because they were just jerk kids. It's no. just that, that, that wasn't a thing for them. They didn't grow up no. at that time. They yeah. didn't help build the cemetery. They didn't buy the plots. They didn't help take care of it. Um, and the group that used to take care of it, what were they called? The plant, um, it was the blossom. Com yeah. Mm. The blossom group, the gardening yeah, group. Some, yeah. The yeah. 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 Flower Something group. Like um, somebody will tell me. Yeah. And they, you know, they took care of the, the cemetery and then that group all died and yeah. it just didn't get passed down because those things weren't well, important. That's the same in my family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I used to go with my grandma when I was young to go take care of the cemetery where her family was buried and yeah. her family was buried. And we did that in Wallsburg. We did that in Heber. We did that in Midway. And then I know my cousins still do that. I'm, you know, far away. So it's not something that I am able to do, but I really, <clears throat> I mean, having seen that experience that with my own life, mm -hmm. you know, that that thing, and it's not that I don't care. It's that, that was definitely something that was, uh, very traditional and important. And, you know, and I know your mom, I was just going to say, she goes, yeah, yeah. She takes flowers. Uh -huh. to beaver utah my mom uh was born in beaver and then moved to saint george when she was four her parents are are buried here but her grandparents and ancestors are all in beaver and she has not missed a memorial weekend of going to the cemetery in beaver she yeah. owned a flower shop for 20 years um when i was growing up and um, so she always, always in charge of the flowers. And then some of her siblings will go with her. I've not gone and 
I, it hasn't, it was a not, it's not been a tradition for me and I, I feel bad, but it's not probably something I'll carry on either. So I'm hoping the other three kids, which we're going to all draw straws. <laughs> Maybe I'll take a turn. I'll go every four years and I'll do the flowers. I do think cemeteries are interesting and I love going and watching. Oh, there's that uncle. And I try to put the family tree together. And I think yeah. that's interesting, but um, it's it, not. It's mm -mm. Yeah. Well, my family came from Nova Scotia. And so um, I'm in waving Maine, yeah, I'm, in Maine, actually, there's my mom has there's a huge fam. We landed in Maine. And so we would do like cemetery excursions when my mom would drive us back to Nova Scotia and we would we would take the shortcut not, which means we would right. go like down through Texas and we would drive all the way down through Florida and then all the way up the coastline. And then we would take the ferry that used to exist over from, you know, over because, from Maine, um, yeah. over into Nova Scotia, but we would go to all those cemeteries. And I, and I, I'm going to acknowledge that as a younger person, all I could be like is oh, stopping at another cemetery, but we would do the markings from the gravestones of all the Sanfords. And, you know, we would stop in Sanford, Maine, and which was named after our ancestors. And now, of course, I'm in a place that, gosh, I wish I would have really appreciated all of that history. Um, and I guess I should call my mom and apologize for that yeah. i i should too i i'm like if know, everyone would just get but... cremated they could just stay on my shelf and i could acknowledge them every day <laughs> I, I don't have to wait for memorial day to acknowledge all the people on my shelf kisses to them every day yeah kim michelle you need to send me um where those are because if you flew into portland we're right by that i can go yeah. take pictures okay if all right England, so i will call my mom i was gonna say call your mom because you don't know <laughs> and i'll go take some pictures okay yeah all right so really quick because Let's we are at our the time end. yeah Let's i was gonna say the end of the book because this the is because you remember in uh, the cemetery all these people keep just like disappearing and the whole conversation is where are they going where are they going and i even was like hey friends where are they going <laughs> yeah and we kind of find that out in the epilogue where they're going which is they're going and coming back into their next Mm -hmm. life experience life right so yeah yeah so they're being re reincarnated reincarnated into their whole next experience so we and will probably do a whole show somewhere yeah. about need, reincarnation and we shouldn't tell what they're reincarnated into people should just read the book to find mm -hmm. out yeah, right so even if you didn't read the book or if you kind of did but you skipped the epilogue don't skip that. Sometimes you can, honestly, yeah, sometimes right. in a book you can skip the epilogue, but this one you should not right. because the clues into how everything got resolved, especially about Hannah Marie, which that's a whole never conversation, conversation about Hannah Marie in this mm -hmm. book. That's a whole other conversation. And if you have, if you have questions about that and you want to discuss it, put it in, put it in our, 
put it in the chat, put it on the Facebook page, and we will be happy to engage in that because we had a whole conversation a among conversation. ourselves about that specific character in this book and how it's displayed. So um, we would love to have that conversation. Well, yeah, and, we, and really, like, you take any of the families here, and we could have a whole conversation about the family, sure. each mm-hmm. of the families of this community. Yeah. And Hannah Marie was definitely one that just was... Right. Yeah. We didn't even talk about Ida and Elner. Yeah. Uh, and really. Ida's need for absolute perfectionism. And yeah, there's, and yeah, there's so, Jean. yeah, so Jean. much. Yeah. There's so much mm-hmm. uh, that we didn't get to here. But uh, if you didn't read the epilogue here, then there's lots of um, tying up that goes here. Here's the only thing I want to say about kind of the reincarnation here, which, like I said, is a whole nother topic, which is going to be a fascinating topic for us to talk about in a future one. Here's what I want to say, though. One person, one one thing here reincarnates um, was is a grub now and was a flea in their previous life. So what? Yeah, I, I want to come back as a gazelle. A, gazelle. a grub a and a flea. fast gazelle. Jeez. I'm just slothy. You want to come back ocean. as a sloth? Sloth doesn't live at the ocean, so I'm going to have to be something that's ocean-bound. Yeah. There is the one beautiful thing that Lucille, our favorite teacher, long-suffering teacher here, which it's a teacher, so that's long-suffering. Yeah. That's, that's a given. <laughs> and <laughs> Gustav are together as butterflies in their next life imagination so anyway yeah think Mm -hmm. think about that yeah so i let's get to the gentle nudge because i have a gentle nudge gentle nudge gentle nudge um my gentle nudge is if we are to be reincarnated we should create a place on earth we want to come back to Wow. Mic drop. Mic drop. I'm out. And walk. I'm out. I've yeah. already, mine's already, I've already got mine, but thank you. Oh, oh yeah. You're going to be, I know where you're going to be, but we got to create, we've got to pre- create a place that we want to come back to. So what are we going to yeah. do today so that we <gasps> love it enough to return oh, no. rather okay. as a flea? This is a proactive thing. This is not just imagination. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I got you. I'm going to okay. work on that this week. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. I love that. Love that. Patty. My gentle nudge is around July's uh, Read It Now oh, Talk yes. Later book. Okay. So we're so. going to put up for you what that book is. So it is The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek. And how we decided on this book is we researched every book that could be a combination of the three of us. And Jill, I'm sorry that you are not included here, but, ha- but you're we out of did town. find a book that is by Kim Michelle Richardson. It's <laughs> the weirdest thing. I have never in my life, well, in my life, I've never since I first found this book and read it, yeah. noticed that. I just can't even believe it. I know. I can't. I can't either. And the truth of the matter is that I read this book before I really realized it was by Kim Kim Michelle Michelle Richardson. I didn't notice it until just now. Yeah. As I'm reading it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our July book read. Um, the oh, Book Woman of Troublesome Creek. And it is really fabulous. It talks about a time in history. It talks about books. 
hello. It talks about a time in history that I didn't know about. And it talks about a people in history that I didn't know about. So I think that um, I think that you'll really find it fascinating. There's a lot uh, in it that I think you'll maybe know for the first time. And I think those yeah. are the best kind of books that keep you engaged, but also teach you something that maybe you didn't know before. Especially when July is such a <clears throat> month of celebration. Yeah. Around of the yeah. history of our, our, the history of our nation. And of yeah. course in Utah, the, not everyone listening is from Utah, but uh, July 24th is the celebration of Utah yep. as a state. And, um, and I think it, I think this book is a great, uh, the, the whole town's talking is, seems to be such a great lead into it really our, is. Ne our next book. It really is. And it also talks about really relevant issues that we're still dealing with in our current time and generation in terms of how do we treat people that appear different than than we look when we look in the mirror ourselves. So yep. I think it's just a great book. It's an easy read uh, in terms of the language. It's not always easy in terms of some of the um, things that we get to face, yeah in the book. Yeah. So the sure. book woman of troublesome Creek, we'll place that on our um, website so that you can take a look at it. And again, how could you possibly forget? Because it's by Kim Michelle Richardson. Richardson. <laughs> yeah. We don't have our blue dish today. So, so we're going to have to say sayonara, but yeah. Jill, we miss you. We miss you dear friend. And we <laughs> love you. We're so happy you're in Maine though. Can you turn All your computer right. around so we can see your view real quick? I would, except for now it's dark. Oh yeah, it's you're two hours. What? what? It's We're nine o'clock there. Yeah, oh, well, thanks to, okay. for staying up late with us, our friend. Post a picture of your beautiful place on our A Great Day to Talk Facebook and Instagram. I will. So everyone can see where you're at. Love, Love you. you Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, Thanks we appreciate everyone. it. Thank you, everyone. Fantastic week. Until next time. Peace and love. Bye, Jill. Bye, Jill. Thanks for listening to It's a Great Day to Talk. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And until next week, get out there and talk. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.